The Mike Salk Show, serviced by Jaffco Plumbing and Sewer. On 710 ESPN Seattle. Are you ready? Powered through the Alaska Airlines Studio. Streaming live on the 710 Sports app and at 710sports.com. Are you ready for a good Yes, sir. we got about a half hour before we are joined by Pete Carroll. The phone lines are open. Yes, I got a text from 360. Phone lines are open. They're busy. Well, it's just because they're full. People are excited. Like, they're open in that, like, you know, we've opened them up to talk to you guys. It doesn't mean I can just, like, give you a line. you got to wait for somebody to drop off. you got to be quick on the draw, man. we got, like, seven or eight listeners. They've all called in. <laughs> all right? We only have six phone lines here in this building. So, yeah, look, I, my, my feeling on this is, is very simple, and I know John disagrees, and that's okay. Everybody gets to have their own opinion, and I know Jake disagrees a little bit. Jake, uh, you know, kind of responded to my tweet yesterday, and I, I love that. Everybody gets to have their own opinion on this, and I don't know that I'm confident in what I'm saying, right? Like, dude, this is this is mystery territory. This isn't like you just see something out on the field and you're like, you can call it and definitively say, this is what I believe. You got to take a little bit of a chance. You got to take a little bit of leap of faith. And I don't know if Russ is going to play in front of these Seahawks fans again. I don't. I don't. I don't know what's going to happen. If you ask me to bet today, if I have to go in one direction, gun to my head, I don't think Russ is back next year, and I think Pete is. That's just my feeling on it today. That's not going on like any information. That's me trying to read the tea leaves as best as possible. Would I like for that to happen? I would probably prefer for everyone to return with with specific marching orders, with a level of management of, hey, Pete, you've got to focus on this. Russ, you've got to focus on that. John, you've got to do better at this. I would love to see that happen. I think that's what would be best for this organization. But if Russ calls the question and says, I want out, I think they'll grant him that request if they can find the right trade partner for him. And I think it'll be because of a disagreement on what Russell does best, that Russ wants to do things that Pete simply doesn't believe are in the best interest of the football team. 206-421-3776, what do you think? Phil's in Spokane. Phil, good morning. What's up? Hey, so Russ isn't going anywhere. Here's the deal. All right. So Pete Carroll... Yes. Does not want to do a rebuild. Russell Wilson, he's going to give you 100% no matter what. The Seahawks aren't going to get a quarterback or draft picks to get a quarterback in return. They need Russ, and Russ is the kind of guy where if you keep him, even if he doesn't want to be there, he's going to give you everything. He's going to show up his legacy in the line. He'll play. He'll play on his contract. They, they got him for the next two years if they want him. They have him They're for longer than that if they want him, Phil. I mean, to your point, and by the way, it's a good one, they also have the franchise tag after that. If they really want to, they can control Russ's rights for five years. Yeah, and then worst-case scenario, you franchise tag him and trade him down the road if he really doesn't want to be there, but he'll give you everything while he's there. Yeah, I've, of course he is. I've never doubted that about Russell Wilson. It's a good phone call. Thanks, Phil. I appreciate it. It's a good disagreement, and I'm happy to happy to hear it. Um, I just don't, I don't know that at some point they think it's what's in everybody's best interest. I don't think John Schneider is the type of person to want somebody and to keep them here against their will. I just don't see that. That's not the John Schneider that I know. I don't see Pete Carroll wanting to deal with that. Does he want to rebuild? No, of course not. But I don't think Pete, like at his age, I just don't see that as being a factor for him the same way. I think Pete, Pete's legacy is secure, and at 70 years old, he's as energetic as anybody out there. I also don't know that he sees it as needing a full-scale rebuild. I think they, he believes they need some talent in some crucial spots, but that the philosophy is right. In fact, Fox showed our graphic. I don't know whether you guys saw Fox showed the great quote from Pete Carroll on the show last week. 
during the broadcast. I mean, they didn't like credit us or credit you. No, (laughs) but they did put it up there. Like, here's what Pete Carroll said this week about philosophy and and what, what, you know, kind of where they're at as a team. They didn't they didn't credit the show. I don't know why they would. It's not like he said it to us. It's classic. But no, I got the picture right here. Uh, Pete Carroll on the Seahawks future. Not for one reason at all. Am I thinking that we have to restart this whole thing and create a new philosophy and a new approach? I think we have the essence of what we need. Maybe said it somewhere else, but definitely not here. Two zero six four two one three seven seven six. Let's grab Chris, who's in Lakewood. Good morning, Chris. Hey, good morning, Salt. Thanks for taking my call. Yeah, what's up, um, man? I'm with you 100 percent on this, man. Um, for me, it's hard for me to, um, you know, he he started it right. Like he he's the one that planted the seed of doubt, and like I always felt like no matter how the season went, um, it would be a lingering storyline. And as it played out, like you know. None of his demands were met. Like he was, what he was still like the most sacked quarterback on third down. He even, uh, I think he even wanted Odell Beckham to come here at one point. Mm-hmm. They didn't listen to him. He wanted that, you know, he wanted that involvement, and he, you know, he didn't get it. But I just, I don't see how or why he would want to return after a season like this. I know it's his first losing season, but I really think it'll be his last one, man. I don't, I don't know how the contracts or anything like that work, but so, so just so I understand I you, like Chris, you think Russ will leave, but that that's a mistake. Uh, I don't know if it's a mistake, man. I just, I feel like it's, no, I don't feel like it's a mistake if we if you leave. I feel like it's something that we need to do. Mm. Um, I feel like what we're seeing right now is a result of us being successful, you know, just enough to make the playoffs and then get bounced in the first round like every year for the last, what, better half of the decade and then getting the 26th pick of every draft thereafter. I just feel like this is a result of that. Mm. You know what I mean? I feel like we have to yeah. uh, improve our draft position. Let me see if I can say this another way to simplify it. Are you saying Russell will leave, and it's because there are two separate philosophies that can both be successful, but they can't be successful at the same time? Exactly, Salk. Exactly. And you saw it last night against Detroit. I, I always felt like Russell's... Um, success was directly related to the success of our running game mm. and when, i i, I felt that way as well that, for sure yeah yeah and look how look how well we look, look how great we looked yeah. with uh rashad you know pounding the ball and when we don't have that um it's, we just don't look the same and i don't think russell understands that or maybe he does or he's trying to disprove it but i just i just feel like you're right exactly that there's two philosophies and they're, they're just bumping heads all right appreciate but, the phone uh, yeah, call man thank you chris appreciate it good stuff let's grab jack uh, who's in Kent? Good morning, Jack. What do you think? Hey, good morning, Salt. Hey, good morning, guys. Hey, I, I concur with you wholeheartedly. And, I mean, Pete said it best. Russell is at his best when he's a point guard, when he's distributing the ball. Now, you're scared to say it, but I'll say it. He's a game manager. He's a great game manager. I don't know when that became a dirty word, but Pete's philosophy works. It is best for Russell. I agree with you wholeheartedly. I think this relationship can work, but Russell must relent. He must go ahead and realize that, hey, my success comes from the running game, like the previous caller said, and that's what it is. I mean, and I want to ask you guys a question. What's the difference between Earl Thomas saying, come and get me to Dallas, and Russell putting out four teams uh, that he might want to be traded to? Um, I'm starting to take it personal. You don't want to be in Seattle because I'm a Seahawks fan, not a Russell Wilson fan. Kick rocks. 
Yeah, Jack, I'm not afraid to say game manager. I've said it a couple of times today, and and people have gotten upset with me, but I'm with you. I don't think that's a dirty word. To me, it's one of the things that makes Russell great. It's one of the things that makes Tom Brady great. They're both fantastic managers of the game. They don't turn the ball over. They don't put the ball in harm's way. That's one of the things that makes Russell special. So, yeah, no, I'm I'm with you on that. I think those are the things that make Russ great. I think he wants to be known for other things, though. And I don't, I don't know how to reconcile that with an offense that Pete Carroll has that works and has worked here for a long time. So, yeah, I, I, I think you and I see that in, in pretty well lockstep. I also agree that I'm a Seahawks fan first and foremost before I'm a fan of any one player or coach. I've always said that. I say that about the Mariners. I say that about any team. The only reason I like Russell Wilson is because he's a Seahawk. If he played for the Rams, I'd hate him. Straight up. That's how it goes. That's how I get into this thing, because I like a team, and the team is generally based on the city I live in. I mean, like, that. that's why I'm a ma- – why did I like Felix Hernandez? I mean, he was fun to watch. I'll be honest. Felix is fun to watch no matter what. So is Russ. But why do I root for him? Plays for my team. If you don't want to play for my team, go play somewhere else. I don't like it anymore. At the end of your, of your career, we'll kind of reconcile, and I'll be excited to see you again and have you in a ring of honor, whatever else it is. Like, you know, I can get over those things. But I'm not a Russell Wilson fan per se. I'm a huge fan of his. Right. And so you, I love who he is as a person. I'm he's fun to watch, one of the most fun players I've ever observed. Vocal supporter for, for a decade. But like, you know, I'm a Seahawks fan. I want the Seahawks to win championships. That's the goal. The two oh six four two one three seven seven six. Grab Bill, who's in Linwood. What's up, Bill? Yeah, hey, happy new year, Mike. You too, buddy. Hey, um anyway, yeah, I agree with you. Not John Clayton. Okay, and here's why. Careful. Okay, Russ is going to be gone. The reason is because remember last year we were 12 and four, and he wasn't happy in the off season, and that was because we lost that first playoff game. Russ's whole thing is competitive. He wants to uh, achieve a Super Bowl, get back to the Super Bowl, and if he senses he can't do that in Seattle, he is going to be wanting to leave. Mm. Do you think he could do that in Seattle? No, at this point, I think he is sensing, he's going to sense more and more that it's not going to happen in this situation in Seattle. It's it's really too bad if he does feel that way. I appreciate the phone call, Bill, and Happy New Year to you as well. Thanks for calling in. And careful, don't disagree with John Clayton publicly. They may throw you out of Seattle. They may throw you out of Linwood for sure. Uh, the, 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 The shame of this is that there may actually be some positive signs for where the Seahawks roster is going, right? I mean, you kind of look at what you see in the cornerback situation. All of a sudden, it was so problematic for a few years. Might be rounding into shape. The offensive line has started to play better later into this year as they've made some changes, and maybe they've got found something there. The running back spot, all of a sudden, Rashad Pat. I disagree with John Clayton. I don't think Chris Carson will be back next year, but we'll see. I think they're going to try to, you know, either – I don't know if their pennies back either, but they're going to try to solidify that position. Can we talk about the offensive line actually not looking bad either? I just said that. Oh, sorry. I yeah, no, I, I think that's a part on. of it also. So, yeah, I mean, you kind of put all those things together and then, you know, kind of see, well, maybe your linebacker, your young linebackers with Jordan Brooks and Daryl Taylor. You still need some work on your defensive line and a d- defensive end, but I actually think their roster is looking farther up than it has at any point in the last few years. So – It'll be a shame if Russell decides to pull the ripcord on that 
at this point. All right, I'm sorry for everybody who's still on hold. I would have loved to have gotten to more of your calls. We do have the rest of the week together, I promise. I'll try to take calls every day at 9 o'clock, okay? So if this is your time to listen, I appreciate it. I'm sorry I couldn't get you today. We'll try to do it tomorrow. I want to tell you everything you need to know in a minute, and then obviously Pete Carroll coming up in 20 at 9.30. It's the Mike Salk Show, 710 ESPN Seattle. This is the Mike Salk Show. Powered through the Alaska Airlines Studio. Back in mornings from 6 to 10. On 710 ESPN Seattle. It's a nice win yesterday for the Seahawks. Getting past Detroit. Dropping 50 on the Lions. Something we haven't seen here since 2012. So yeah, that was pretty great to see. It's nice to see the Seahawks kind of give us a little reminder of how things have been. Will it be enough to salvage the future for all of the main characters? On that, we'll have to find out. We'll talk to Pete Carroll coming up in 15 minutes. Right now, it's time for Need to Know. Need to Know. 15 minutes past every hour with Mike Salk. Here's what you need to know. Up first. Well, the Seahawks had three really bad teams on their schedule, and they took care of business in all three of those games. 51-29. They beat Detroit yesterday. Total margin of victory against the Jags, Texans, and Lions, 115-49. to That accounts for three of their six wins on the year. And I'm not going to diminish them. Those teams have beaten other teams this year. And when faced with bad opponents, the Seahawks have absolutely put their foot down and destroyed them. The issue has been what they do against the other teams. Because if you take those three, two against the Niners, they just have the one win other than that in week one against Indy. What a win it was, though, yesterday. Never in doubt, offense was tremendous. That's what we expected it to be all year long. Rashad Penny, obviously the star, 25 carries, 170 yards, two touchdowns. Second down and two, the handoff to Penny at the 15, at the 10, at the 5. He's in. Touchdown, Seahawks. Tracy Walker tried to make the tackle, and he got sidestepped by Rashad Penny, and so did the rest of the Lions' defense. Boy, chalk this one up, this drive to Rashad Penny, a 15-yard touchdown run. This guy has really come alive here in the last quarter of the season, and the Seahawks lead 6-0. Yeah, he was dominant yesterday. Positive yards when there was nothing there. Moves in the open field like that one to make big runs even bigger. Just a tremendous game for Rashad Penny and the entire running attack. And guess what? The better the running game was, the better the passing game got. Russell Wilson at his best game in weeks. Play action, boot action, moving the pocket, all the things that make Russell special. You got a chance to see it all on display yesterday. Now, this may end up being his final home game. We'll see. Stayed on the field after the game, signed autographs, etc. He was the last player to leave the field. And after the game, no, he wasn't talking about his future. He was just talking about joy. Yeah, I was just thinking about joy. I was thinking about our fans. I was thinking about just uh, what a special uh, moment just to be able to you know win this this game here at home. Uh, for our fans and for them to feel that energy again. You know, I felt like throughout the whole game, the, the crowd saw that energy and got to feel us and, and vice versa. And that was really special tonight. So I just want to know who Joy is. Does Sierra know about her? Oh, Not my long. God. I just got back from Christmas break with like a week of those jokes from my dad. I cannot believe you went there. Call Dr. Rick. Get him on the phone. <laughs> uh, it's not just Russ's potential final game for the home uh, again at home against uh, Jesus. Mike. Seymour, you threw me off with the old man comment. <laughs> the bricks. Trying to make me feel like a dad. Uh, might be the last game for Bobby Wagner as well. If so, obviously, it ended prematurely. A twisted knee on one of the first plays of the game. Did not return. We will ask Pete about it coming up in 10 minutes. Here's the second thing you need to know. Who's Joy? 
I can laugh about that one for a while. That was a good one. NFL scores over the weekend. Credit to the Rams. I don't like giving it, but I will. They survived three turnovers from Matt Stafford. Got a few big plays late from their new acquisitions. OBJ, huge fourth and five catch, and then he scored the final touchdown. A few minutes later, Von Miller effectively ended the game with a sack. L.A. gets the win over Baltimore. They're pushing the Cardinals for the division title. Speaking of Arizona, they beat Dallas. They look ready for the playoffs after a couple of lousy weeks. Strange moment in New York. Tom Brady and the Bucks battle back to beat the Jets, but that's not the story. No, that would be much more so about Antonio Brown, who refused to go back into a game, took off his T-shirt, took off his pads, threw his gloves and shirt into the crowd, and then paraded around before finally leaving and releasing a rap song later in the day. Bruce Arians, uh, I don't want to talk about it. He is no longer a buck. All right, that's the end of the story. Let's talk about the guys that went out there and won the game. Yeah, they followed up. Hey, Coach, I know you want to talk about the victory, um, and he is no longer part of the team, but what ultimately led to the decision for you? Uh, I'm not talking about him. He's not a part of the Bucks. Yeah, that's fine. He's not a part of the Bucks anymore. Now, that didn't happen when he faked his vaccine card or any number of other offenses, and Bruce Aarons is the one who vouched for him and brought him in despite a long rap sheet heading in. So, yeah, I think he kind of owes a little bit of an explanation now afterwards. Yesterday, Philly beats Washington. They'll go to the playoffs under Jalen Hurts. Congrats to him. Uh, they clinch as Green Bay demolishes Minnesota to knock out the Vikings last night. Big win for the Saints. They beat Carolina. They stay alive. And the Bengals beat the Chiefs. Get 266 yards receiving from rookie Jamar Chase. Titans currently in line for the number one seed in the AFC after beating Miami to end their win streak. So here's what the playoff picture looks like in the NFC. Green Bay, top seed, they earn the bye. Dallas and Tampa win their divisions. Eagles are in as a wild card. Rams and Cardinals both in with the division still on the line. And the Niners or Saints are battling for the last spot. AFC, Buffalo, Cincy, Tennessee, Kansas City, New England, that's five. They've all clinched. Chargers and Raiders will battle for a spot next week. And Indy controls its destiny as well. Here's the third thing you need to know. Well, things have definitely gotten away from Coach Dave Haxtall and the Kraken fall twice over the weekend. Lose to the Flames 6-4 where they blew some leads there. Then to Vancouver 5-2. There's a lot going wrong. And in both of those games, they made it close or even took the lead only to immediately give up a goal within one minute. So, yeah, they've now lost eight of their last nine games. They sit dead last in the division. Could they make a coaching change? Well, we saw it work in Vancouver where Bruce Boudreaux's come in, and they've had some great success, I believe, 10-0-1 since he was hired. So that's something to think about. Second, one of the supposed benefits of the whole expansion roster was that they could make some deals by the deadline in order to flip veterans to help for the future. Well, that deadline's not until March. But, yeah, I'm wondering whether or not that timeline could be sped up by their record. Uh, They're supposed to have three games this week. Two have been postponed. No game Tuesday nor Saturday. They'll play Thursday only at home against Ottawa. Kooks, they found an opponent for their Sun Bowl. Got a little bit more than they were hoping for out of Central Michigan. Chippewas got out to a big first-half lead and then held off a second-half rally to win 24-21. Not much drama in the college football playoff. Alabama and Georgia both win handily on New Year's Eve. Sets up a rematch of the SEC championship game, which Alabama won a few weeks ago. I have no issues whatsoever with them playing a rematch. We see it all the time in the NFL, division opponents, etc. I think it is just fine. I'll look forward to seeing them play for the title a week from tonight. That's everything you need to know. We do that quarter past every hour. Here on 710 ESPN Seattle. All right. uh, Let's see. 
Oh, we're late. Let me uh, let me run quickly because we're going to talk to John Clayton. Or, excuse me, we're talking to Pete Carroll. We did John Clayton already. <laughs> nice. Still on my mind. It was uh, quite the experience. So, uh, Pete Carroll will join me coming up here in five minutes. Only two Pete Carroll shows left this year. Got a lot to ask Pete about, including Rashad Penny, including Russell Wilson, including Bobby Wagner. Big win yesterday about uh, against Detroit. So, stick around. We'll have Pete Carroll next. The Pete Carroll Show. The first word from the Seahawks head coach every Monday at 9.30 with Mike Salk. Brought to you by Pizza Hut on 710 ESPN Seattle. All right, wait just a moment here for Pete Carroll. I'm sure he's uh, pretty excited after a nice win yesterday. His team dropping 50 and doing it the Pete Carroll way. That's a vintage Pete Carroll win Probably would have liked the defense to close it out a little bit more, but gosh, I thought they played overall just a fantastic game. Had a bunch of interceptions, right? Three interceptions on the day. Add on to that what you did in the running game. Add on to that just sort of the redemption story here for uh, for uh, for for Rashad Penny. You put it all together, and that is a heck of a heck of an outing for the Seahawks and for Pete Carroll. So. Um, yeah, we're waiting on Pete. Should be here in just a minute. Mike Salk Show, 710 ESPN Seattle. Hope you had a good New Year. Hope uh, hope uh, things went the way you uh, hope they were safe, etc. I hope you ate fondue like I did, a little three-cheese fondue. That certainly uh, added to my New Year's. And then got a chance to just sit and watch football all day yesterday. Just a uh, great experience and nice seeing the Seahawks do what they did. Will Russell Wilson be back again in front of the home crowd? I don't know. I mean, I think it's certainly a a conversation that we're all going to try to figure out here. And some of that, I think, will depend on him now, of course, moving forward. But what I saw yesterday was a vintage Russell Wilson performance. It shows why Pete and Russ together can be such a deadly combination, right? Running the ball, Pete Carroll football, using that part of the game to set up all of the things that I think set Russ apart. His ability to throw and play action, to take the deep shot, to recognize that cover zero, right? The all-out blitz with man-to-man on the back end and no safety help where he hits DK Metcalf up over the top. That is a truly great play that we've seen from Russell Wilson I don't know how many times in his career. A little throw over the top. Ball is caught in the end zone. Touchdown, Seahawks. DK Metcalf over the quarterback. The perfect throw by Russ. And DK now has his second score of the game, his 11th touchdown this season. From 13 out, the Seahawks stretch their lead after the pick by Reed. And they would continue to stretch it from there. That was the second of three touchdowns for DK Metcalf. It was funny how Aqib Tlaib was like, oh, this guy's not happy. Look at the body language. The next play was a touchdown, and then he ended up with two more on the day. It's funny how uh, catching touchdown passes can certainly put a smile on your face, and for good reason. But honestly, I think all of that stems from that style that, that Pete wants to play where you're heavy with the run, you have success in the running game. Rashad Penny ran like a man possessed, and you get to see the physical part of his game in addition to the nifty footwork, the ability to make people miss, and then the flat-out speed in the open field. That's great Seahawks football, man. That's the way it is supposed to look. So I I just come away incredibly impressed and reminded that that's the way it can look if those guys want to play it that way moving forward. I know Pete does. True. I know Pete wants to play that. Is that what Russ wants to do? And I think that's the question. Because, yeah, that's what I was going to say. That's the fear moving forward is that those pieces wouldn't work, but they show they did. Yeah, I, I think it does. 
I think if Russell wants to play that kind of uh, wants to play that kind of football, they can be incredibly successful. I guess we're having some technical issues with Pete. Just want to apologize. He's calling us. Uh, He's giving us a call. The okay. line is not working. Yet. All right, we're having some uh, some issues with our line with Pete. So uh, we'll have him on the phone here in just a minute or two. Apologies to anybody who tunes in specifically to hear Pete. And instead, you got to hear me yapping away, killing a little time as we wait for uh, for the coach to call in. Which, as I said, should just be a moment or two uh, from now. And yeah, I guess I'll just kind of, you know, a bunch of different things that you can you can take out of this game, most of them sort of stemming from that offensive philosophy. Kind of liked what you saw defensively, loved what you saw from the cornerbacks, loved what you saw from your young linebackers. I mean, honestly, you start taking, I mean, look, it's Detroit. They're not a good team. They're playing a quarterback that's not really ready for prime time. But these are some of the things that we've seen glimpses of at times this year. And nice that they were able to put it together the way they did against Detroit yesterday. And, and that's yep. how you end up scoring 50 in a game. All right, we've got the coach. Coach Carroll joining me now. Coach, good morning. Sorry about the technical issues. Glad you're here. Hey, well, good to be here. We, uh, I wouldn't even call the issues technical, but we, we, we couldn't <laughs> handle it. So. All right, sounds good. Well, we let's, let's focus on yesterday. What, uh, what got into your running game yesterday? Well, um, it looks to me like it was an extension of going back to Houston and the last few weeks, you know, I think we've run the ball really well and blocked well up front and, and we've seen the, the emergence of Rashad Penny and he's just done a fantastic job for us. You've mentioned a couple times how Adrian Peterson impacted him. How did, how does that translate from the practice field out onto the field? What do you see from him specifically that looks new or different or improved? It just looks like there's been a, a kind of an uptick in everything, you know, just in, in, in all of his movements on the practice. Really, it's really the game field is you can see it. It's on the practice field when people can't see what's going on. He's, he's just flying around and he's taking every snap as serious as he can. And I'm not to knock what he had done before. He, it's just everything has stepped up, which is what Adrian brought. And, and and demonstrated every single step he took was you know with purpose and meaning and he was trying to learn something get something done and accomplish the tempo the timing whatever and that just it just picked up and uh there was a couple things i don't know if you remember the play where rashad runs up in there and, and hops over the line through the line of scrimmage mm-hmm. uh something that that adrian did i don't remember seeing Rashad do that. He may have in the past, but I don't remember seeing him do that. But picking your feet up, going through the hole, was something that that we talked about uh, him him demonstrating Adrian to to Rashad, and he uh, I'll be darned if it didn't show up in the game again. You know, so it's just little things, but overall, it's the it's the overall kind of uh, feeling that he brings to the game now. Is there a good comp for Penny and kind of the skills that he brings? Um. Yeah, there's there's some guys. I think both the runners at at, at Indy are, are they're real fast guys, and they they demonstrate the same kind of foot quickness in the hole and and getting to the next level, kind of escaping issues that that other running backs get get you know caught up in. And uh, um, you know, there's he's he's there. Those guys got they play with speed, and that's what what you see Rashad doing. He's got those quick feet, right? And then obviously, what do you say, 230-something pounds or whatever. It's a pretty unique combination. I'm always just impressed. It seems like he gets on guys faster than they're expecting him to. Yeah, yeah, he does. He's got a – there's a subtlety to him. He is very bursty quick, and and, 
he just jumps on you. You can see him. He's making his way and weaving through the through the second layer of the defense, and they can't quite get him. They can't quite get a beat on him. Uh, Harris had a shot at him yesterday coming off the edge, which would have been a normal tackle that he just bounced right off him and, and juked the safety and scored a touchdown, you know, with, with ease. And uh, I think a normal guy would have got tackled right there. So, and that's, that's the 236 pounds. Now that's, that's a big load. Mm-hmm. You can't knock him off his feet easily. And, and, uh, that couple with the speed is making, making the impact. Obviously the challenge he's had is, is just staying on the field and staying healthy and glad he's been healthy here for the last month or so. What do you use to try to predict health with someone like him moving forward as you look to make a decision for the future? No, I was just looking at all the indicators. You know, Mike's just watching everything, and we we have a lot of information, and just try to you know get a sense for it. This is this is a not an atypical situation that that you know he when guys come back from from major leg injuries, often they'll have issues with other parts of their body as they're, as they're, you know, kind of recovering their balance in the makeup of, you know, their, their, their athleticism and all that. And, uh, he's, you know, he went through some tough times. He was out of whack a little bit. He couldn't quite get this or that. It was, it was a quad. It was a calf. It was, you know, groin, uh, you know, one thing or another. And that was all, I think, just because he, after the major surgery, it's hard to get back. You can get to the workout phase, but when you start taking on hits and you start making jukes and you, you know, you're making full speed reactions, you know, your body set, you know, will, will start to respond to that. And sometimes if you're out of balance a little bit, mm. you know, you can, you can find your way into injuries. I heard you say after the game that it was a, a complete offensive performance. So when you get the run game going like that, what does it do to Russell and to the rest of your offense? Well, if you add up all the, all the play passes that we threw in the game, there's a bunch of them. And that, the, when you run the football and then you play pass off the, off the same actions, the passes help the runs and the run helped the pass. And, and uh, it got, you know, Russ was on the edge quite a bit yesterday with, with the play passes and was able to just peck away. And not, not, not big uh, dramatic plays, but just keeping the game going. But every time you throw a, a, a bootleg pass off of your running game, the guys have to respond to the run first and then go to the pass. And it makes them a little bit softer on the run the next time around. So oh, that's why it all fits together. And, and, uh, um, that's what that's what you saw a really you know really good illustration of yesterday. It seemed like it helped the offensive line as well. Of course, yeah, that's that's <laughs> that's right. Well, first off, our guys are blocking really well, and they're they're uh, our 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 line of scrimmage is solid and they're consistent on both sides of the the line of scrimmage, whether we run to the right or the left. Our backside stuff is so good that uh, now as as we've adapted to the new running stuff that we put in this year you can really see the benefits of it and, and the runners are really taking advantage of it and and you, you saw it uh you know from alex for a while till alex got got kind of dinged up and then he never got back to health uh and but rashad has picked up on it and really taking it uh to a good extreme and we, you can see there's consistency there were you able to move the pocket a little bit more with him yesterday i mean what does that do for russ's game yeah, well, yeah, he he was. There was there was a bunch of a, you know, a bunch of keepers in the game plan that he got out on the edge, and so he was moving quite a bit. It just you know it just gets him away from trouble, leaves the entire pass rush to one side of the field, and there's usually a guy trying to battle for the contain rush, and he navigates that pretty well. And we you know we have different ways of taking care of it, and it just gives him a lot of freedom to make his plays and see the field and all. You know, Coach, it's obviously an uncomfortable subject, and I know you still got a game to go. But you know, we keep seeing and reading these reports that Russ may want to play somewhere else next year. When these reach your desk, how how do you react to hearing that? <laughs> they, 
they don't reach my desk, <laughs> and and uh, I don't mess with them. So I don't have to, you know, Mike, and and uh, you know, I know what's going on, and I don't need to follow what what the agenda that somebody has out there to try to you know create and stir stuff up and all that. And we'll you know we'll we'll go about our off season when the time comes. But um, that that stuff really that doesn't affect me. Yeah. What happened to Bobby yesterday? He sprained his knee, and uh, he, you know he got in an awkward situation where where he had a little, he slipped with with one foot and the other, and he kind of did the splits, and uh, and he was getting pushed on by it from an offensive lineman at the same time, and all of that, you know, he did, he, he got a torque on his knee. He does not have major damage at all. Um, he, he has a, a sprained, uh, you know, kind of knee capsule that he's going to have to recover from, and that'll all be about the swelling that you know that comes. He does have a little bit of swelling. I was with him this morning and, and he sore and, you know, hobbled a little bit, but um, it's not a serious injury and, and uh, easy for me to say, right. <laughs> but it's not, as, as we look at things, you know, it's not a surgery required type of injury and, and uh, it'll take him a bit to get back. So unlikely he'd be able to go next week. I don't know that. Okay. can't tell you. We'll see how he responds. Okay. What, what, what has Bobby meant over the years? I mean, we, we've spent so much time talking about him and and maybe you could even separate it between what he does on the field versus his impact in the locker room and off the field. But how how much has Bobby meant to this organization? Well, he's been the epitome of consistency, you know, in all ways. He has always, always been the guy on the field uh, and typified by all the tackles in consistent years in the Pro Bowl and all that kind of stuff. I mean, just year after year after year. But he's been a, uh, you know, he's been a, real figure in the, in the organ around the organization. He's always lived here. He's always been around. He's always been in town. He's always been active. Uh, he's been visible and, 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 and all that and been really a positive effect. Um, and all of that just accumulates into just, he's a beautiful, you know, guy, uh, Seahawk, you know, and, and will be forever. And is going to be a hall of famer and all that kind of stuff is going to happen for this guy. Cause he's just done everything right. And so he's been very meaningful and, and a guy that you can like, I can talk like this about, so I can make him an example for young guys growing up and coming up in, in, in the game. And, and, uh, he's just been, he's been a stellar example of, uh, you know, the, the epitome of consistency. My impression from the outside is that he grew into some of that leadership ability that especially early with some of the louder voices in that locker room that maybe you guys didn't hear from Bobby as much that, but that as some of those voices exited, he kind of grew into it. Is that right? Yes. Yes. That's exactly, that's exactly it. He kind of can, you know, nurture the leadership from, from guys as they grow through the program. Early on, he was, you know, right off the bat, he was calling defenses and he was the huddle call, the signal caller out there. So he was always, uh, you know, had to be verbal and had to be out up front and, and all. But he, he just waited his time. And, and as his time came, I thought very gracefully he, he emerged into the, the leader that he has become. And, and uh, you know, there was a lot, he's right, there was a lot of loud voices back in the day. And uh, there wasn't a whole lot of listening being done out there. So um, he, he waited his time and did a good job. And, you know, he had great. Great examples too, from, you know, from Cam Chancellor and uh, some of the guys in the program that were, you know, were great leaders, and, and he followed suit. You miss some of that noise? Oh, I, yes, I do. I, I don't mind that at all. You know, I'm kind of, I kind of comfortable in the chaos, and so, uh, um, yeah, the, the, we, we, we've got our guys. They're coming. <laughs> They're growing up. You know, we got guys that are going to be really uh, verbal guys and, and active guys and, and demonstrative people, and, and uh, we love that in the program. Well, it seemed like your young linebacking core, even after Bobby went down, kind of stepped up and, and took on the challenge yesterday. What'd you make of them? 
Yeah, I thought Cody jumped in, did a really nice job. He, he really came through, uh, played the best he's played, was really active and downhill and on, on the attack and, and uh, really just you know, shouldered the, uh, the call and responsibilities and just took it over. Um, and Jordan has been playing really well uh, for a long time now this season. He's doing a great job. So the two of those guys did a good job in there. Daryl Taylor seems like, I mean, we talked about this a few weeks ago, but every week there's like one play where I just kind of jump out of my seat. Like, oh my God, he just, is he just a physical freak? Like, what is it that allows him to make hit, hits like that? But he's a, he's really a natural athlete. He's a really coordinated, quick, uh, responsive, type, reactive guy, you know, and, and, and he's really fast too. And so he's got a striking ability to him that you saw we would refer to that that hit as a as a classic shoulder punch, and and uh, in, in the new game you know that we're playing here, keeping your helmet out of football, that was a perfect illustration of how hard you can hit guys and not hit with your helmet. Uh, but that's that's just his natural reaction. He 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 came slashing you know off the backside and just saw the opportunity and then took a great shot and was a very very explosive play. You know I. I, I want to make sure we have time for this. I'll ask you about it now. And and that's the passing of John Madden last week. As uh, For me, he was a, a broadcaster probably more than anything else. That's just my age. What do you remember of John as a, a coach and what he brought to the game from a coaching perspective? Yeah, I, I really do think of him as a ball coach, you know, because I grew up watching him in, in the Bay Area, you know, and, and, and uh, was aware of his early emergence as such a young guy and all that. And I didn't have the perspective at all at the time what, what I was watching. Um, but, but he had a real style about him that was really fun. And, and he was always uh, aggressive and, and willing to, you know, be out there on the edge. And, and, uh, and he, he promoted kind of this this kind of a, a wild aspect of the game that the players really took to back in the old Raider days and and uh, and, and now as I look back, Mike, he had he had a big uh, influence in his his uh, relationship with Al Davis and and he drew out the best of Al I thought and, and until he couldn't coach anymore you know they they were a phenomenal team and and those two I'm talking about Al and and, and John Madden mm-hmm. and they. Uh, they had style and they had swag. And before anybody knew what swag was, the Raiders already had it, you know. And and, and uh, John was the epitome of that that time and age of, of of the game of football and the Raiders and what was going on. It was really fun to, to was, be part of that and watch it. Was he a player's coach almost before the term existed? Yeah, I, that's a, it's a good point. I, I don't I, just quickly. I can't. Cavalcating, I can't think of uh, guys that were really player coaches in that sense. And yeah, John was that. You know, young guy. Maybe he started 32 as a head coach. You know, so he was, you know, in there with a number of his guys. But he had a way of relating, and uh, he kept the game simple, uh, but very aggressive and very explosive. You know, and and uh, it just all fit together. It was, there was a real harmonious time there, and, and uh, John was right in the middle of it. I just love how much he loved the game of football. And, and, you know, for me, he was a broadcaster first and foremost. That's what I knew him as. And just, you know, the amount he expanded the game by using the telestrator and trying to teach, you know, those of us who were learning the NFL game as kids what was going on out there. I, I just I always thought the world of John Madden. I was I was crushed to see the news this past week. As you think of, of some of those coaching qualities, you know, in this day and age, fast forward to today. What are the most important characteristics in a head coach? <laughs> well, it depends on who the who it is, you know, Mike. The, the, probably the most important thing is is being authentic, you know, and being being a genuine person because you're going to get found out. You know, there's you're you're so exposed 
to the players and the other coaches and even to the media and what's going on around that if, if you know if you don't have your act together you know you're gonna your stature is going to be weakened and so um, I think being comfortable with who you are and, and how you're going about it and then being confident enough to go for it is really important. It has nothing to do with the football or anything. It's just the makeup because it's you're, it's such a highly exposed position. And uh, so I think that's where it starts. And then uh, I think, you know, the ability to relate to coaches and players and understand, you know, what you're representing, the ownership and fans and all that too. I think that's really important so that you do a good job of being, you know, connecting all those dots. And uh, it, if you don't have a, if you don't have a clear cut, approach you know you're 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 gonna falter you know you can't you can't be a hodgepodge of of people that you worked with or you know people that influence you You, because you you just won't have a main line of consistency that needs to be there so that everybody can count on you and and you know know where you're coming from you know what you get and you know when you're going to work you know what you represent i think all of those are the kind of characteristics that are important when I hear you talk there, I, I notice that you don't mention X's and O's. And you and I, have, uh, we've talked about this, I think, at the end of every year as as NFL owners start looking for coaches after after the inevitable changes that they seem to focus on, you know, the coordinators on the best teams and, and seem to make a lot of those decisions based on X's and O's. When I think of your story of stepping away for a little while after the Patriots situation and kind of collecting your thoughts on on what you wanted to do moving forward, how much of that time was even spent on X's and O's of the game versus, as you said, some of that some of that philosophical conviction? Yeah, it, everything is important, but um, that was not the most important thing. The most important thing was getting your act together, you know, getting my act together, and and so I could I could represent the position and the responsibility so that others could you know could excel and and, and do well with you, you know, and so. Um, the X's and O's, like it's interesting that I didn't bring it up, and you and you mentioned it, but that isn't the most important thing. That 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 there's plenty of brains out there, there's plenty of experiences and guys you can put together that can bring that stuff. It's really getting it to fit and relate to to the people that you have and the opportunity that you have and uh, what your your opposition, what you're up against, and all that kind of stuff. Uh, you can get your scheme together, but I think without your philosophy, it doesn't matter much. You're just calling plays. Well, and then we watched some of that come together this past week. I mean, it, it sure looked like your team was out there playing hard. You know, what did you make of the effort level in a game that that unfortunately didn't have playoff implications? What did you see from the team out there? I thought it was a championship effort. I really did. I think from the the um, the the locker room, the pregame, sensing the, these guys, they were really on board to go for it, and and had really expected and planned to, to play well and, and then went out there and carried it out just like you need to when you're playing in the playoffs, you know, playing in championship time. And it's, it's, it's what we prepare for all year long is for this, this end of the season. So we just decided to let's take these last couple of weeks and let's play it like it is the end of it. And this is, this is how you, it all culminates now and you're going to bring your best forward. And I, that's what happened in that game for one. You know, we, we played really well the last few weeks here. We've seen some good stuff happen. Uh, we lost a couple minutes in the in the Chicago game, but we were playing pretty good football for a while there. And and uh, in Houston and back, you go back a couple. It's been coming, and uh, the running game has all been part of it. And, and Rashad Penny's been a big part of it too, which has been really fun to watch. But um, I, I think you see um, you see these guys coming together, and and they're really. I, I think we're going to really play hard and go for it in Arizona and play like it's the championship of the. It's the last game of the year. We want to win going out. 
Well, we will have one more uh, opportunity to talk, Coach. I know you're looking forward to that. We will do it a uh, a week from today after you guys play Arizona on Sunday to finish this thing off. Congrats on a nice win yesterday. It's got to feel good to score 50. It's nice to be in that victory formation. And you're sure you didn't want the Scorigami, huh? Class beats Scorigami. Was that right? Yeah. I, I when, when they told me that on the sidelines, I decided, no, it's not that important. <laughs> Better to do the classy thing. You can give credit to, to uh, Dave Pearson for passing that message down from the box. It's, it is that moment if you want to go for it. And uh, I had to shake, had to shake off the sign. Couldn't do it. I thought it was the right thing to do. We appreciate it, Coach. Thanks for uh, being here all year long. We'll talk one more time next week. You got hey, hey uh, because we got a little messed up on our system here. Make sure you give him a little rage now. You oh, up hold on. Oh, you want some rabes? Hold on. I don't have a ton. You want uh, you want a touchdown pass or you? Here, let me give you a little Rashad Penny. Where's the other one? Hold on. Let me find you the good. Where's that good Penny one? Uh, here we go. I got it. Hand off straight ahead. Goes Penny again. Sidesteps. 30. On the run. 35-40. Near sideline. Midfield. Stiff arms a man. And is pushed out of bounds. Near the Seahawks sidelines. Tracy Walker pushes him out. Rashad Penny is absolutely swamped by teammates on the near sidelines. Helping him up off the ground. Penny now over 100 yards in the first half. You know, in every penny cut I've played, Rabe says the word sidestep. It sure seems like that was a part of his game yesterday. Wow. Yeah, there, there was a couple beautiful uh, little quick foot, foot moves that got him in the clear and just made it look easy, didn't it? I mean, he's, all of a sudden he's just spaced out and he's just he's cruising. Uh, it's really fun to watch, and, and uh, Rabe keeps capturing. He's doing a great job. I don't know if number 20 is quite the same as that number 3-2 and how good those look, but 20 will work for Rashad Penny. It's a pretty good day yesterday. Coach, we'll talk next week. All right, man. All right there you Bye-bye. go. There's Pete Carroll. Uh, sorry about the little technical delay. But he, of course, joins us uh, every Monday following the game. All right, I don't even have a chance to react to any of that because we got already a little late. We'll turn it over to Jake and Stacy. I'll be back with you guys tomorrow morning, 6 a.m. Goodbye.